Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man. I'm 40. All right, another episode of Who's On First. Welcome back, everybody. As always, I'm Anthony Passaretti, and with me, Matt Marin. Uh, another fun week of no sports happening. Well, actually, yeah, well, there, was, there was a UFC fight, so I shouldn't say there no was, sports. There fight was Island. UFC fights. I'm excited to talk about Fight Island a little bit. And there's been um, scrimmages, like baseball teams are playing each other, which is has produced some fun stuff. Yeah, Masato Tanaka getting drilled in the head. Fun stuff. I was talking more about all the bat flipping. Like, did you yeah. see Tim Anderson's? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah guess, poor, Tana- poor Tanaka. Bat- Tanaka got driven out of Florida by his neighbors. Did you hear about that? Wait, what was that? Tanaka got, towards the end of spring training, he, uh, some stuff happened. It, he wasn't clear about it. He was kind of vague, but he basically said he got driven out of Florida. He, like, moved his family back to Japan because he didn't feel safe there. Why? Why was it because it was, uh, of people being racist about coronavirus? That sounds like a Florida thing. That's what was implied by the article, but they didn't specifically list any incidents. But it was also a bummer because he doesn't think he's going to make his first start now. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we do have. I mean, we with Garrett Cole and James Paxton, and a well, in a sixty-game season, every start matters. I don't know why I'm trying to make it sound like it's going to be okay. It's not. Well, it's not a great thing. Yeah, and then, uh, well, and again, all of it, like, every time I start thinking about this, I got to remind myself, like, don't talk like you're sure there's going to be a season because 10 that umpires too, yeah. just opted out. 10 umpires just opted out. I got that notification right before we started. Yeah, well, the first thing I heard was now. Joe West, who um, is uh, maybe the oldest umpire, one of the most well-known umpires in Major League Baseball, came out and basically said the whole coronavirus is a hoax and no big deal. And he's um, he's in an at-risk age group, if anything. And, uh, he's also in an at-risk weight class. Yeah, and he's also, <laughs> like, I feel like he's the umpire that people think of when they're, like, the guy you call... Just like the umpire you want to hate, be like, fuck the umpires, Joe West is, like, the first one you think of. Like, hating Joe West is part of the American pastime of baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not... He's, like, the loudmouth guy, so this is, like, perfectly in character for him to, yeah. like go off that this is nonsense i mean good for him i mean if the people who think it's nonsense it's like okay cool hope you hope you're all right i mean hon- yeah. like honestly i'd like for them to be right i don't think they are but like it would yeah. be nice if if they were right and nothing is gonna get them but i don't think that's the case i'm uh i'm a little worried still mm. there's a there's the baseball scrimmages and then the nba bubble training going on right now yeah, basically what I've heard most about the NBA bubble is uh, it's a problem because too many NBA players want to have sex with women, so we need to let the women be in the bubble with them, and that's going to be a big controversy, which to me is like, the NHL has a bubble also. Do hockey players not like fucking as much as basketball players? Why is it only an issue for the NBA? Or maybe it is, and they're just not talking about it for the NHL. I think it. I think, I think that it says 
I think it means like this is how much basketball players like it. Like I've heard that it's an entire league of sex addicts and like they this was going to be an issue from day one. I saw a tweet from an Instagram model yesterday that was like, I already got invited to the bubble. Don't count on there being a season. Nice. <laughs> See, you guys can listen to sports podcasts where you get like information from like sporting news or sports illustrated. Who's on first? We get our updates from uh, Instagram models, Twitter pages. Yeah. Yeah. Butt models <laughs> tweeting facts. You want to hear what's going but- on in the NBA bubble? We got your back with the real sources here. Honestly, at this point, like, that's just as good a news source as anything. But, like, I I heard, like, I think they each get, like, three or four, like, guest passes. Like, they can invite people. So I think there's, like, a section of them that are just, like, who are the four butt models that I'm going to invite to hang out in yeah. my little space all day? And, oh, uh, man. The, the, how many the DMs? Because now we're in, like, the Mia Khalifa age of exposing DMs from famous people. <laughs> So how many do you think there's going to be, like, look at fucking, um, I don't know, Andre Drummond trying to get me in the bubble? Yeah, no, there's definitely going to be a little bit of, I'm surprised it hasn't already happened. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard the food sucks. That's what I've heard is the, the major issue. Yeah, I saw that. I saw Jay Williams on ESPN uh, kind of lash out at the NBA players for complaining about food itself and just, like, how the whole world is suffering right now and they're being pampered babies. I don't know. It seemed, it seemed like one of those uh, older players telling the younger players to suck it up and rub some dirt on it a bit, but I don't really know what side to fall on there. It's, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of more with the players. I mean, like, they're being asked to take a huge risk and do, like, high-performance athletics. It feels like food is important. <laughs> like, yeah, their, their I would think so. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good argument. Food is important. Well, I, I the the thing I saw was a couple of players started tweeting stuff like, "There's no way Bron's eating this shit." Like, like yeah. they definitely got him a bunch of steaks and shit. And then I heard the WNBA bubble is a shithole. I heard that the, where they stuck them is disgusting. Like, there's like roaches and shit. They're in like a crappy motel. Really? I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it uh, it makes sense as far as um popularity, importance, and financials. If the NBA are, guys are struggling a little bit, then I would assume the WNBA players are going to be struggling a lot more. Yeah, at least they only have to be there for a couple weeks because I think their yeah. their season was like almost, really almost over. I think they're launching almost like right into their playoffs. Yeah, and I did see, um, so like LeBron, like NBA players um, are going to be able to have anything they want on the back of their jerseys as far as like to advertise some type of uh, charity, social justice uh, movement, whatever they want. LeBron, I think, is just going to put his name on the back. But Giannis is his last name. Instead of Antetokounmpo, it's going to say equality on the back of yes. his. And shout out to former guest Patrick Schroeder, who had a hilarious tweet about that. He just He's a 76ers fan, so he just tweeted, I guess I'm rooting against equality this season. Yeah, I saw that, and I commented, uh, it's going to be hard for me, too, because I like the Bucks, but I hate equality. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that made me laugh pretty hard when I saw it. Yeah. I think that's cool. I think it's a cool move by the the higher ups of the NBA to like let them do that. Yeah, but at the same time, like I'm sure it's limited. Like I'm pretty sure like they're not gonna let like imagine some I don't know any star. Joel Embiid wants to put like free Hong Kong. On the yeah, for sure. Like, there's no way they're going to let we, him do that. Yeah, I think we said a few weeks ago someone will do hashtag free Bill Cosby. <laughs> Did we? I don't remember. <laughs> there's going to be someone who's going to do uh, uh, instead of their instead of um, uh, what instead of 
I was about to say a player who's not, I was about to say a Knicks player who's not going to be in the playoffs and not be in the bubble. <laughs> but if somebody, if um, uh, JaVale McGee on the back of his jersey wants to have um, OJ didn't do it, like there's going to be <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, was an NBA, if I was an NBA player, that's what I would do. And it's probably like I, it's too bad that this it, like they're doing this so that they can have. Uh, like a political activist voice it's too bad there's like not more fun stuff going around right now because i feel like if you put a goofy thing on the back people are gonna get like mad at you <laughs> yeah that's true too like when the baseball players have their nicknames on the back now if somebody does something for fun he'll be like why are you having that instead of black lives matter yeah it's like people are dying and all this difference which is like i get it but it's it's just too bad that there there doesn't seem like an environment for fun right now because i remember sunny gray had just like pickles on the back of his because he was an a at the time when he chose it and it was all green and that was his nickname there he just had yeah. to have a yankee jersey <laughs> yeah pickles i think there was one game where uh i think we talked about this a few weeks ago also when ray allen had shuttlesworth on the back because in a movie he played basketball movie, he played jesus shuttlesworth Mm-hmm. Which is an, which is, that name makes me laugh every time I hear. That's yeah. a hilarious name. Um, um, yeah, but so there was, um, there, yeah. You want to talk about the Fight Island a little bit? I know you, I saw some of the highlights. You watched more of it than I did. I think I watched the three main event fights, the three belt fights. I was yeah. like out hanging out downstairs. My neighborhood has become a uh, like a promenade. They shut down all the streets, so cars can't drive anymore, and all the restaurants have like spread out into the street. So mm. now it's like this big like town. Center. There's like people around. It's we- it's very strange. That actually sounds right- kind of cool. It is it, at night. It, it can be very fun. It's uh, there's people out every night of the week. The uh, they've kind of gotten the things under control around here. But twenty to twenty nine year olds corona spike in new york starting this week and i guarantee it's because of my neighborhood yeah um either way what was i just got distracted fight island fight Fight island Island, right i watched the three fights i bet on the last two parlayed it nailed it i was hyped uh and it was the second one people thought was controversial it went to a decision yeah and a lot of people thought max holiday should have won he, yeah. he looked like he was winning. He definitely won the first round, but it went to the judges. And uh, it's something super Russian, Vol- Volchiknik or so, whatever his name is. Uh, he won the last round for sure. He knocked yeah. this guy down four times. He had him like this. Like The end of round five was them basically pulling him off of this guy. So in my head, I was like, you can't take that dude's belt. Because if there was one more round, he he would have knocked this guy out. Clearly, this dude ran out of gas in the second round. And this other guy started to come back in the third, won the fourth and fifth, and he has got the belt. You gotta, you gotta beat the guy with the belt. You can't like win by half a point on the cards to get a belt. I think that's crap. Yeah, typically with uh, in championship fights, it is a lot more. Um, you do have to do a lot more in order for them to actually give it to you. Sometimes to detriment. I still remember um, when Lyoto Machida faced Shogun Hua. I don't know how many of our listeners. Had, be going this far. This is probably when I was watching UFC at the most in my life. Lyoto Machida won the light heavyweight championship in dominant fashion. It looked like he, no one was coming close to beating him. No one would come close to beating him. And then he faces Sh- Mauricio Shogun Hua in his first title defense. And Shogun hit him with like so many leg kicks to the point where Lyoto Machida could barely walk. And it looked like Shogun had dominated the fight. Like I don't know if Shogun looked like he clearly won the fight. And then went to Machida. And some people kind of said the thing where 
well, it's uh, you really have to beat the champion. And one of the judges also said leg kicks don't hurt, which, <laughs> yeah, not uh, it's like the strongest yeah. force you can deliver with your body. <laughs> yeah, there's always going, there's always going to be bad judging decisions, but especially less now than earlier on because a lot of the judges have been like they're appointed by the commission. They've been around forever, so a lot mm-hmm. of them are like boxing judges. And they have they judging UFC and they're following it, but they're not. They didn't grow up with UFC as their sport, so they would say something like "leg kicks don't hurt" because they're used to seeing guys get punched in the head, and that's it. But yeah. Leon Machida's leg after the fight was like black and blue from the knee all the way up to his hip. Yeah, it, it th- those those thigh shots that they can get in probably like as soon as that guy said that they should have like walked one of the fighters over and they're like hey can you just kick this guy in the leg real quick <laughs> like, yeah um, they, did, they did an immediate rematch and shogun knocked out machida in that fight and ended up winning the title but generally yeah it was um yeah i um i saw i saw most of the holloway and uh volkanovsky fight and it's yeah i think if if it went to holloway i don't think people would have said volkanovsky was robbed but I I could see them, you know, a little bit of champion's advantage. I, I saw nothing but tweets that said Holloway got robbed afterwards. People were fucking heated in the chat bar of the stream I was watching yeah, on Twitter was but going there on. There is also, everyone always wants the title to change hands. There is a mm. little of that also. People are always rooting know, I, for the change. I guess I'm a little opposite in that way. I kind of like... I kind of like it when champions put together like a good run. I like. Well, yeah, you're like a, Yankee, a couple you're title a Yankees defenses. fan. Oh, I, you know what? Fair. I guess that, that yeah, is me what too. it is. I, I appreciate greatness, and um, I grew up with um, a team that was always winning, and people always saying, "Well, I feel like I just I like the underdog. I, I can't. I don't want to root for the team that wins all the time." And uh, my team was the team that won all the time. So I yeah, understand so where like, you're coming from from that so perspective. I, I, I just especially in things like fighting though like i think there is this this allure of somebody who's just like i can take anybody like whoever yeah. it is like i'm gonna knock out people left and right and keep this i think that's really cool speaking of officiating I, though oh what were you gonna say sir um i was gonna say i i like um it when you it depends on the person doing it john jones dominating i completely thoroughly enjoy and he is a crazy person like, he's a mm-hmm. psychopath, and that's what makes him a good fighter. I didn't... But his fights are exciting. I didn't enjoy Anderson Silva's dominant reign, because at a certain point it was just... Every time someone would fight Anderson Silva, they'd have to tell me why this guy was good and why he's a threat to Silva, and we probably hadn't heard of them before this. And they were convincing mm-hmm. me that they're a threat. It And for a while, it was kind of boring. Not a lot of memorable title defenses until Chael Sonnen started talking shit about Brazil, and then everyone was into it all of a sudden. Um, That's the move. Yeah, get personal. Yeah, but I love George St. Pierre having a long title run. I thought he had great fights. There are guys who've had long title reigns in combat sports that I enjoy watching them. A lot of people didn't like GSP because he was more of a wrestler, which is seen as a boring style, but I was a wrestler, so I always liked watching that. Mm -hmm. Um I'm okay with the guy being dominant if they're entertaining to watch. Yeah, for yeah, I, I I can totally see that. I mean, Mike Tyson is the big and like Ali even going back like those were the guys that like really put the sports back on the map with big title yeah. runs. Um, the first fight I watched, the I I don't know how you'd say it. It was the first of the three title Peter, fights. Peter Peter Young referee. Um, yeah. Oh, the Peter Jan versus Jose Aldo is the bantamweight championship fight. Yes, 
Uh, that ref, if he ever gets to work in a major UFC setting again, I will be shocked. This was the most brutal thing I have ever seen. He let a ground and pound go on for like a full minute. There was so much blood. There was no reason to let this go on for as long as it did. That is the other thing. Like Twitter, the UFC, like even on the Reddit, like big fans were like, I, this is the first time I've ever like cringed and like turned away. Like it was, people were just screaming, stop the fight. And he was just letting this dude get killed. It was it was hard yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah. There's um. I've seen fights where it's like the referee lets a guy get one or two shots in after, and people are like, "Dude, you should have stepped in earlier." But it's also it's a fine thing because if you step in too early, people are like, "Oh, he was still going." But this one was wild. I mean, this wasn't this... even close. <laughs> no, this was like. It, it was it was unpleasant to watch. I don't understand how he could be so close to it, and he's like yelling at the guy, like "Defend yourself!" Like "Defend your!" Like what the fuck is he gonna do? He's just got taken forty shots to the side of the head in a matter of like ten seconds. He's not yeah. gonna defend himself anymore. And, and also, then, uh, the referees do. Um, they are appoint, appointed by the commission, also. So Dana White came out after the show and said this was horrible and called it out. And I would say that's one of the. Um, Fun things about Dana White in the UFC. I I feel like Dana White has, if there was a not necessarily approval rating, but a rating of which commissioner of a major sport do you believe is saying what they believe when they talk? Dana White's number one. Oh, absolutely, and he is a marketing genius. He he's built that thing from the ground up. It's like it's. It, it was people punching each other, and now it's, like, one of the most watched things. People will pay hundreds of dollars for the pay-per-views. Yeah. There are events every time they toned, happen. He's toned it down, too. I mean, like, in this, he says the referee's decision was horrible, and it was horrible, and it was bad, and there's no excuse for it. And that was it. I remember when every time Steve Mazzagatti would referee a fight, even if he didn't do anything wrong, Dana White in the post-show press conference, why are they still letting this fucking idiot referee these matches? He's the worst referee in the history of the UFC. If there, w there was a reporter who, like, went after the UFC, and he's on camera saying she's a dumb fucking cunt. I mean, Dana White used to be a wild man. Um, UFC was more yeah. fringe back then, so he was able to get away with it more. I think he did have to apologize for that one, but... It's still he still will call it yeah. like tell it like it is and call it like he sees it and uh, it is refreshing that a um, you know when a baseball umpire blows up call there'll be like maybe a report two three days later we reviewed it and the decision that was made was wrong but rarely did Dana White an hour later it's like this was horrible. Yeah, I think that's two things. I mean, he's he definitely enjoys not having a boss. He's the he's the boss who's gonna who's gonna send him that like email that says you have to apologize. It's like very yeah. few people. It probably wasn't until he got like a board of directors and like the sport became much much bigger that they were like starting to pressure him to tone right. it down a little. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, I I think I <laughs> well either way I had something but I might remember it uh, later. Uh, oh, also, the refs aren't unionized, I don't think. So I think he can, like, really start to crap on them. Because in baseball, the, the umpires union will get pissed if, like, oh, the commissioners yeah, or coaches start calling out the one. Well, th like, yeah, this the is... This is all um, commission, the uh, athletic commission. So it's not even up to, like, Dana White and the UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 maybe they do have some kind of support network then. Either way, the they main can... event of that... Yeah, they can uh, pressure, where if Dana White, every single post-show press conference is saying this one referee sucks, there's going to be pressure on the Athletic Commission to maybe not use him as much for bigger fights. Yeah, he definitely knows what he's doing. I, I would never say he doesn't, but uh, did, did, so did you see the highlights of the main event? 
Yes. Um, I watched the full main event, Usman vs. Masvidal. <laughs> People started to get real mad about them feet stamps, but I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's just most of his move was just stamping on his foot. Yeah. I bet on Usman because I saw a picture a day before this guy tried to cut like 20 pounds of weight and he put himself like in the hospital basically trying to cut weight right before the fight so i bet on uzman because he wasn't in the hospital right before yeah, the fight i think it was like oh it was like a few days before the fight he said something like i have to lose 20 pounds in three days something ridiculous like that um and yeah. i from personal experience when i did amateur wrestling when i was a teenager i at first i was just in a weight class that i was at like if anything i had to stay at the weight that I was, but there was one summer, I would do summer tournaments, and uh, I signed up for a weight class, it was like 125, I think, um, or something like that, uh, three months out, and I hit a growth spurt, and grew like three, four inches in the few months, and I was like 10 pounds over, and one of the coaches was like, work with me, you can lose that in a day, and you'll be fine, and um, it was the putting like the upside down garbage bag sweatsuit type thing on you over you, uh, being on a stationary bike and just literally sweating out water weight ten pounds. It was the most brutal thing I ever did. It's why years later I got into doing pro wrestling instead of like I trained martial arts and mixed martial arts, but as far as uh, what I pursued like as a quote-unquote career. I never got that far with it. I went more pro wrestling than UFC or mixed martial arts in general because I didn't want to have to ever cut weight again. I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I can't imagine. Truly can't imagine. I I, I had a friend in high school who wrestled, and he was in hell almost all the time. And they used to try to get all the football players. Like, they'd get really pissed at you if that was the only sport you played. They were like, "Uh, if you only play football, you better be in the weight room and running every single day of the other two seasons, but they wanted you to wrestle so badly. I just could not even, I couldn't do it. I know I would fail every time I had yeah. to try Because of all the wrestlers I knew, I've known more men in my life with eating disorders than women. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's it, disorder is like the right word for it too, because as soon as the thing was over, watching this guy binge eat afterwards, like as soon as he was like allowed to eat again, he could like close a fucking Taco Bell by himself. It was fucking crazy. Yeah. I remember as soon as um, the weigh ins for the wrestling, like uh, the summer tournaments was good because uh, it, the weigh in was the day before. Um, but mm-hmm. for like during the year, my school never had a wrestling team. I only did these summer tournaments. For those, from what I understood, weighing was like two hours before the match. So guys weren't cutting weight and putting weight back on the way you guys in UFC. Now, there's healthy ways to do it. I've seen things with like nutritionists and stuff where you can like lose the weight over time and then do like the ten last 10 pounds in a day and then eat every couple hours. And by the time you're back in the cage, you've seen – you'll see guys. They're both 170 pounders, but one of them is like almost 200 pounds at fight time. Mm-hmm. Which which is an interesting – that's just interesting, the the rules about that. But there's no way that's healthy long term. Like I'm sure there's healthier ways to do it, but I'm sure like all those ups and crashes and down is has got to be bad for you long term. Yeah. And um, I do want to give a brief shout-out to myself. Uh, if anybody has listened to this who is a Gas Digital fan, there used to be a show on Gas Digital, Hammerfesting. It was a UFC podcast that I was on a few times, and it was almost – Two, maybe three years ago now, we did an episode where we talked about dark horses, guys who are on the way up that we thought were going to be big contenders. And I picked Kumar Usman as my dark horse three years ago. 
Good for you, man. He's he's won like eighteen straight fights now. He's he's killing it. Yeah. So anybody who's listening to the show and hears me make a prediction, write it down, put carve it in stone. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Get it. Get a gas digital subscription while you're at it too. Maybe you can hear yeah. hear Fight oh, yeah. Club you, and you can yeah you can uh, hammer fisting is still um, I think their archive may still be on there. Um, they had the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisping and Louis J Gomez and of course Comedy Fight Club, which this week Anthony Passaretti was in the main event of. So you can go watch that yeah, also. That was- that was a lot of fun. The, the whole time leading up to the show starting, I was having a straight-up anxiety attack because that was the most people I've been near in six months. And then as soon <laughs> as the thing started, it all sort of melted away, and I was like, oh, my God, this is I missed this so bad. The, yeah. That was a lot of fun to do. We've been doing rooftop comedy shows. Next week, Comedy Fight Club is going to be in a uh, backyard. It's uh, They've been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, subscribe to Guest Digital with the promo code CFC, and you get a 14-day free trial, and you watch me host that show, and Anthony was roast battling on it. And they also have a whole bunch of other great shows on the network. But uh, we'll get back to our show for right now. We uh, The last few weeks we've been talking about Baseball Hall of Fame. And each week I've been posting on my social media my little uh, arguments for someone. Not necessarily they should be in the Hall of Fame, but they should have gotten more consideration than they did. And I actually looked this up today. I didn't realize how distinct it was. Um, but... Because people always think that as time has gone on, we've gotten uh, less strict and more loose with who we let into the Hall of Fame. Um, Major League Baseball was created in like 1876, something around thereabouts. We're in the year 2020 now. So I think it's fair to say that 1950 is a good halfway point for the history of Major League Baseball. Sure. Of all the Major League Baseball players who were in the Hall of Fame, 65% had careers that started before 1950. And only 35% since. We've actually gotten more strict with our qualifications for the Hall of Fame as time has gone by. And for people who will say that uh, you need to be a Ted Williams or Willie Mays level elite player to be in the Hall of Fame. And no one who was just great but not elite should be in. Um, In 1945, they inducted about 10 people from the early 1900s and late 1800s. And if you look some of those guys up... They maybe played on two or three world championship teams. They had four or five great years, but there's a lot of guys in there. There's all. There's never been a precedent that you can't be somebody who was elite for a short amount of time and overall really good or great for a long period of time but never elite. Guys like that have gotten in the Hall of Fame since the inception of the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. The guy you love to bring up, Harold Baines, I saw an interesting tweet earlier today that said uh... – Shinsu Chu has 87% of his total career war already. Uh, yeah, Harold Baines' war is very low because he was mostly a designated hitter, so he doesn't have a lot of fielding metrics. But I, uh, whenever I post or talk about Hall of Fame arguments, someone brings up Harold Baines. He's the modern-day reference for the quote-unquote guy who shouldn't be in. Um, I think there's – he's not a guy who I – if he wasn't in, I would say is an absolute snub – but I'm not upset with him being in. There's guys in who are worse than him. If not for the 81 and 94 player strike, he probably has 3,000 hits. And then there's no debate. Mm-hmm. That sucks. He's got. I didn't think about that. Like being the age where you hit both strikes. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and like something like Miguel Cabrera, we were talking about a few weeks ago, may not reach a number like 500 home runs because of this year's shortened season. Mm. 
yeah, th- this is, it's such a bummer all the way around. And it's always like, you could compare it to like people getting hurt, but it's like, it's like the whole league got hurt for a hundred games. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel, uh, I feel bad for a couple people like that. Anyone who it's their last season, like, ugh, that's, that's just so lame. Yeah. Harold Bain, designated hitters in general, their wars a little, like David Ortiz, we would all admit was one of the best of this generation and an iconic player. His war is like 55.3, the same as Joe Mauer's. Who Joe Mauer's a great player who I actually, in one of uh, my, this is what I've been doing to pass the time in quarantine, is arguing on Facebook about my base, baseball Hall of Famers. I would make an argument for Joe Mauer, but I don't think people look at David Ortiz and Joe Mauer as having the same impact on the game. Uh, but David, yeah. as a designated hitter, your war is going to be lower because war takes into account defensive metrics. Joe Maurer is one of those really interesting ones because it's like his Hall case, he'll probably end up on a ballot. I don't know how many, he, if he'll get enough to stay on it, but the Twins are 100% going to retire his number. Yes, like, he's a Twins legend for sure. And that does exist. There are players who are legends with the team, but not necessarily Hall of Famers. Um, there's guys on the Yankees who I would say that is true for. Um, I think well, Like um, Bernie Williams? I think Ron Guidry is a Yankees legend, not necessarily a Hall of Famer. Andy Pettit's not necessarily a Hall of Famer, but he is a Yankees legend. Andy Pettit, there's an argument for, maybe. Jorge Especially Posada. with the playoff numbers. Jorge Posada, Tino Martinez are guys that are Yankees legends, I don't think are necessarily Hall of Famers. But Joe Maurer, his problem is he didn't play catcher enough. He didn't play at that. He played 10 years, probably, at catcher, but not 1,000 games. Um, he was a DH and a first base for a lot of it. But for the even less than 8 years or so he was a catcher, he's a top 10 catcher all time. He's one of the best hitting catchers ever. Do you remember when he used to do the ads for MLB The Show? Yes, I do. I remember <laughs> early MLB The Show. Yeah, the guy is always playing him. He's really good at it. That's yeah. Those were, um, uh, those were fun commercials. But uh, quickly before we get to um, we're gonna for those of you uh, tuning in at this point, we um, we're gonna end the episode with something special. We're gonna go since the Washington Redskins have announced they're gonna change the name. We're gonna go through um, every and the origin of every NFL team's name. Um, before we get there, I want to say the uh, the former baseball player that. It, uh, I did a post about this week, and I want to bring up here, too, as a we-don't-remember-how-good-he-is type guy who fell off the Hall of Fame ballot really quickly was Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown is uh, an interesting player to me for a few reasons. One, I went to high school with someone named that. I'm sure that's true of many people. It's a very common yeah. name. But, yes. it, but in my head, <laughs> visually, that's the person that comes up first. So I have to, like, cycle through that. And then everyone talks about a contract. His what? His Didn't, contract. He, one of those, yeah. he was the first $100 million contract in Major League Baseball, which I think hurt him. Because um, he was, in a different era, he's one of the top five pitchers of the era, bar none. Um, you look at, I think it was between 1996 and 2000. The only pitcher in baseball with a lower ERA than Kevin Brown was Pedro Martinez, who has maybe the best peak for a pitcher ever outside of Sandy Koufax. Um mm-hmm. Kevin Brown, he um, was with the Marlins in 97, the year they won their first World Series in their fourth year of, an ex- of existence. He was the ace of that staff. Um, year And in the playoffs that year, he shuts down the Braves. Like, the Braves were the team of the 90s. And the mm-hmm. Marlins got past them, and Kevin Brown owned the Braves in the playoffs. Um, then he got – Kevin Brown got rocked in that World Series with the Marlins, and they still won, which that gets held against him. He's somewhere in between. He's not like – 
Clayton Kershaw, who's amazing in the regular season, and everyone thinks he's bad in the postseason, and he's not completely shut down in the postseason. But he's had he had some big postseason moments. The year after, the Marlins win the World Series and had to get rid of their entire team because that's what the Marlins have to do. And yep. Kevin Brown goes to play for the Padres, who, while he's with the Padres, he faces the Astros in the playoffs. I don't know if you remember this. This was the year when the Astros had Randy Johnson for half a season. <laughs> One of the more forgettable moments of his career. Well, it wouldn't. It would have been if the Astros wouldn't have been if the Astros got a little bit further. But they, um, Kevin Brown, outduels Randy Johnson in the division series, and the next round faces the Braves, shuts down the Braves again. Padres end up losing to the Yankees that year in the World Series. But that's back to back years. Kevin Brown is the ace of the National League representative in the World Series. Two teams that. Historically, not a lot of success in those franchises. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, then after the Padres, he signs the $100 million contract with the Dodgers, and that just gets shit on because Kevin Brown is playing, uh, pitching in an era with pitchers like Pedro Martinez, Randy Johnson, John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, I mean, Kurt Schilling. It's maybe the best era of pitchers outside of the 70s in baseball history. So, mm-hmm. Kevin Brown being the guy, to, not to mention all the hitters who were breaking home run records at the time. So, Kevin Brown getting the $100 million contract was almost laughed at. and he got, So, I think it hurt his legacy overall. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. That's not, I, yeah. I think that's going to be true. Like, I, if you go back through the first, like, big money jumps, how often was it that it, like, worked out perfectly? I guess, like... Um, yeah, the big one before Kevin Brown, I think, in the 80s was Dave Winfield. Was the first, I think, million-dollar contract or $10 million contract, something like that, with the Yankees. And Dave Winfield's in the Hall of Fame, so it's hard to say it hurt him that much. But I do think it hurt him. He's maybe the best hitter of the 80s, maybe the best power hitter of the 80s. But he got this big contract. It was, can you live up to that? And the fact that he didn't set a bunch of records and be the best ever... And then 10 years with the Yankees and they don't win a World Series, which by Yankee standards means you suck. Like, yep. Yeah, I think it did kind of hurt him a little bit that he had this incredible explanation to live up to. You could say the same for Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, it's, it, it hurts more than it helps in a lot. I mean, only in terms of like what baseball writers think of you. And no reality is getting $100 million hurting you in any yeah. way. Well, that's... Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That just reminds me of the other thing I wanted to say. With Harold Baines getting in the Hall of Fame, I've seen some people say that it was favoritism because it was the Veterans Committee and Tony La Russa was on the Veterans Committee who used to coach Harold Baines. And several players, like three other players in the Veterans Committee played with Harold Baines. So there's favoritism. There's 16 players on each Veterans Committee for each era. You need 75% of the votes. You need 12 out of 16. It wasn't... It wasn't all 12 that had played with Harold Baines and would have a bias to be favorites towards him. And also, if you're going to be mad about favorites and bias, baseball writers are the pettiest group of little bitches I've ever heard of. Baseball writers will be just as biased as former players would be. So to me, that argument just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I was, but I was... briefly back to Kevin Brown. He probably got some chicks. He was always, like, mean to the press. He was, like, just kind of nasty and to himself in general was the reputation at least he had a pretty bad temper there was one reporter who like i was reading a thing he wrote about kevin brown when he was with the rangers he would come to post-game press conferences with bloody knuckles because he was punching inanimate objects that's (laughs) 
that's insane. That's and an when insane he was thing, but... towards the end of his career, he was with the Yankees, and he was not good with the Yankees. He did bad in the postseason with us. It was the end of his career when he like broke his hand punching a fire extinguisher or a wall or something. No, it was a wall. Amari Stoudemire for the Knicks was the fire extinguisher. Kevin Brown was punching a wall and uh, broke his hand. And that was the end of his career. And he was named in the Mitchell Report later. I think the story was that he had started doing steroids after the $100 million contract to try and live up to it. Um, but he's completely dropped off the face of the earth. The only that people, the only time people hear of him is like every few years. There's a story of him pulling a gun out on someone in Georgia. Where he oh lives. my god! <laughs> there was a thing a few years ago, like two guys he suspected were stealing mail out of his mailbox every day, and then one day he hid in the bushes and chopped up with a gun to confront them. Were they stealing his mail? I think they were, and they, I mean, they weren't anymore, but... Yeah, for sure. I'm surprised, it's like he, like, rigged, like, some booby trap in the mailbox or something, he's, like, in the bushes. That's an insane thing to do. That's yeah, insane... he seemed, there was a thing where, um, he pulled out a gun on a neighbor after an argument over yard debris. I mean, say what you will, this isn't a guy I want throwing a ball 98 miles an hour at my, at my head. No, and wh- wh- where's all this money, man, for... You got a hundred million bucks. Get a house where your neighbors aren't near you. Like, yeah, that's this is gonna be <laughs> such a fucking yeah. issue. But <laughs> I will say he's he's somebody who people are like, oh yeah, Kevin Brown was good, right? But he dropped off the ballot on his first try, and I think he should have, if not get into the hall, at least been on the ballot or gotten more consideration. I wouldn't be upset if he he's not my like number one or top guy who's not in the Hall of Fame, I think should be in. I wouldn't be upset if he did get in, though, and I think he deserves more credit than we generally give him. <laughs> That's fun. I, this is a fun recurring segment. The forgotten, yeah. the forgotten greats. The forgotten greats. Yeah, I already gave my teaser that next week I'm doing Albert Bell, so look forward to that. <laughs> nice. I'll have to do a little research so I can keep up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so... The big news of the week probably in sports is that the Washington Redskins have announced that they're going to change their name. Um, it was They originally were given the name when they were in Boston as the Boston Redskins in the 1930s, which as much as you and, you and I are both stand-up comedians who will say non-PC things, and I'm generally – if there are sides in the PC, non-PC, or cancel culture, I'm on the side of not being politically correct. But I think there are some things where it's – it's not an issue of political correctness. Nobody would – it's insulting if you call a Native American person redskin. I think no matter whether or not you like being – saying offensive jokes or not. Like this – this doesn't seem – I think people are so paranoid about people being politically correct and canceling that they're reacting like they're taking something else away. It's like this is one that probably should go. Yeah, and I think in terms of all of it, the thing that people have completely lost is, is like, taking a look at context. It's, like, like 30 Rock removed four episodes off of Hulu because somebody was in blackface. But if you watch those episodes, the joke isn't, haha, this is such a funny thing to do. It's, like, the joke is this person is so stupid that they think that this is okay. Yeah. It, it, there's a huge difference. Like, it's all context. So now, like... There's no joking context for calling it that, making enormous amounts of money selling merch like that. Like, what's, there's no, it's not joking. It's just, this is a negative thing. I'm totally fine with it going. Yeah. Um, So then the announcement, they made the announcement they're going to change it, which is funny because years ago, Dan Snyder said, we're never going to change the name. But then as soon as FedEx and sponsors were like, we're not going to give you money anymore. They were like, you know what? We're going to rethink this. 
The whole thing is money. I just checked to make sure that they didn't announce it while we were recording because they said that they were going to do it yesterday. And we pushed this. We, we pushed recording a day to try to have yeah. the name when we started. I guarantee with our luck, it's by the time the episode comes out, the name will have been released. They're going to announce what the name is. Yeah, we tr- try. Anyone listening? We tried. We tried as hard as yeah. we could to um, get it there. Uh, and part but, of the but funny, I think it's money. Part, yeah, the funny thing is the reason. One of the reasons, or at least what it seems like, the reason is why it's taking so long for them to come up with a name is because there is a man in Washington D.C. who is an absolute genius. Yep. He he took a page out of that guy. Um, remember, they're your team. Remember when the Cowboys had to pay all that money for Cowboys dot com? Yeah. Somebody had uh, paid for the domain name. Uh, basically, a few years ago, when the Washington Redskins had, there was controversy, and they were thinking they were maybe going to change the name, and some rumors were coming out about some potential names. Some guy bought the trademark to all of those names, and now all the Wash- now Dan Snyder's in some contractual battle with this guy. We don't know what the name is going to be. The rumors are. Like warriors, red wolves, red tails. We'll see, but one guy has the trademark to all these, and is going to make a ton of money from Dan Snyder. Yeah, and I'm sure that because he definitely didn't want to do this in the first place. He's only doing it so that he doesn't lose money, and now he's going to have to spend yeah. all this money on top of all the other. He he must be so angry right now, but also fuck him. I don't care that he's angry. Yeah, <laughs> like, and I I will say. Um, I am Jewish, so I can say this. I don't know who this lawyer or whoever this guy is who bought the trademarks, but this sounds like Jew-on-Jew Jew crime here. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I think so. The, um, it's, it's he, a, the guy's a it's, genius. He really... Um, I think I saw someone on Twitter say this is lawyer-on-lawyer lawyer crime, which is just code for Jew-on-Jew Jew crime, let's be honest. <laughs> that's the PC way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's so but, funny. But uh, I thought it would be fun. Well, we thought it would be fun to... Uh, Take a look at, uh, through history, uh, and we may do this, I think we didn't think of doing this other weeks with other sports also. Go through every single, today we're going to do NFL, go through every single NFL team and see the origin of where their team name came from. Yes, we are. So, we're going in alphabetical the, order uh, here. Uh, for those of you who are interested quick. in looking some of this up, uh, the website I found uh, this on, I've seen the other articles, I think they're all on this one. It's mentalfloss.com. They do a great job here. It's a lot of fun. We'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, who I think are the oldest uh, franchise in the NFL. They began playing in Chicago in 1898, um, and then they were in St. Louis for about 20 years between the 60s and the 80s, which is fun. For a time period, there were two St. Louis Cardinals playing sports in the same St. Louis at the same time. I'm a little bit surprised that that doesn't happen more. There's a lot of like related names. We'll get into that, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, so, I, well, they basically the jerseys were a faded maroon red color, and the owner of the team at the time called the uniforms Cardinal Red, and that's when the nickname kind of got there. Then years later, they got the logo and started having the bird on the helmet, and actually went with the team name Cardinals. But it came from the jerseys just being the color Cardinal Red. It's so funny to me that that's like, it's such an, like, it was like a throwaway statement by the owner. He's like, oh, they're like Cardinal Red. Like, can you imagine if he said something else and like, they're the Arizona Tomatoes? Because he just thought it looked like a different kind of red. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We're going to see some of these. uh, The next one is interesting where we're going to see what some of the other options might have been. Next one, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, A lot of teams do something like that. They had a local radio station has a contest named the team. You submit a name and a reason why, and whoever wins 
Legends get season tickets, and that's what the team name ends up being. Um, there were 1,300 people submitted, over 500 names. Some of the ones that were submitted but did not get chosen were the Peaches. Imagine if it was the Atlanta Peaches playing football. Yeah, Especially because the phrase is Georgia Peach. It's not like Atlanta Peach. Yeah. Uh, that may have been, they may have been the Georgia instead of the Atlanta Peaches. The Atlanta Vibrants, the Lancers, the Firebirds, the Thrashers, which ended up being a hockey team for a few years. And my favorite You're one You're saving here, the best for last. Yeah, I saw huh? the list. Yes, yeah. I'm reading the list too. Yeah, my favorite one, the Atlanta Confederates. <laughs> oh boy, don't. Don't the Redskins wish they had gone with uh, that? If you All thought, oh god, if you would think be the off. Redskins, can you imagine if the Redskins and Confederates were playing games against each other? Yeah. Oh man, oh, those logos. I can't. Like, the, I wonder if they had to like submit like a logo and everything too. Those jerseys would be horrendous. This the Confederates. Oh god. Yeah. Oh. Whew. Dodged a bullet there, and uh, but the and, winner, uh, school teacher, was declared the winner because the reason she gave was the quote is the falcon is proud and dignified with great courage and fight. It never drops its prey. It is deadly and has great sporting tradition. What sporting tradition do falcons have? Am I missing something here? Falconry is is I mean sport, you know it is, but there's falconry like contests. Falcon, and what is that? It's like how good you have control over a falcon. You, It's like dog shows, kind of. But, like, you have, like, a falcon on one of those things, and you, like, tell it to, like, go fucking get that rabbit or some shooter, like, fly through an obstacle course. Like, falconry is, like, a thing. Really? I did not it's know It's an old-timey kind of thing. I th- it sounds very, like, in my head, everybody doing it is, like, a thousand years old and has a British accent. Are there, like, teams? No, it's like a solo sport. It's like, oh. but I think it's very similar to like dog shows. Like there was contests that involved like agility and like, can you like, if the falcon's like far away, you got You can like put your arm up and be like, come to me. And then the falcon like swoops in and that means you win or something. Mm. I, Is, I don't uh, know that. Are the winner, are the winners rule. of these sporting events called Captain Falcons? There's a nerd <laughs> joke for us. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would have been had that existed at the time. But yeah. also, right, I've so, never heard this whole uh, yeah, thing about Falcons about having perfect grip. They never yeah. drop their prey. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, what? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> How does that even matter? Right. Either way, also, yeah, I guess well, moving on. If it doesn't really make sense, that's fine. But what is, this was the one best explanation of 1300. That's what stands out to me. <laughs> Yeah. What were I'm, the what were the other explanations? I want to be in charge of one of these contests just so I can see the kind of submissions that people will get. Yeah, I'm sure the hardest part is filtering through the like 800 joke ones they got. Yeah, I will say right now there's uh the Seattle hockey team is coming into existence next season. They haven't picked out a name yet or I think it's the season uh, in two seasons. And I saw one Reddit post that made me laugh so hard as uh just like fake submissions. Someone said the Seattle hockey team should be called the Rain City Bitch Pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. The Rain City That's Bitch the- Pigeons. Um, all right, so fun, up next we have the Baltimore Ravens, and uh, the Ravens are a reference to Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Raven, and uh, the it was a contest held by the Baltimore Sun. The Ravens beat out the Americans and the Marauders. The Baltimore Marauders is not that bad. The Baltimore Americans kind of sounds like a cool name, but it's, uh, I don't know, it feels weird. There was a Brooklyn Americans hockey team back in like the 30s. 
But naming a sports team the Americans feels a little... Something about Baltimore Americans flows well, but it doesn't seem like a good team name. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. It does it does kind of flow. Some of the other considered names for the Ravens included the Railers, yeah. the Bulldogs, the Mustangs, and the Steamers. Which the is, Steamers is a weird one. Cleveland Steamers, I would have been okay I was just going to say. <laughs> I wonder if the phrase would be different if they ended up going with that. The thing yeah. about it, this though, is they're, they're, Edgar Allan Poe is an interesting guy in that he gets remembered a lot more for where he died than where yeah. he did a lot of his work or was born, which was here in New York. Yeah. And uh, he died, like, disgraced. Like in the gutter and stuff, and like, and Baltimore then claims him as like this symbol of their city. It's always just been an interesting thing for me. You don't, I don't, I can't think of too many other people that are way more well known for where they died than where they did and were born. Do you know what he did that made him like disgrace, or did he just kind of like lose all his money, or kind of? No, it's just his writing wasn't really appreciated until after he died. He was one of those oh, people, okay. just like the the genre that he was writing in wasn't exactly like respected as high art yet. I'm also talking so out of my ass at this point. I've exhausted my like good knowledge yeah. about him. So I might be, be wrong, but uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people uh, listen to our podcast for our knowledge of poetry. So I think we're good. Yeah. yeah I don't think yeah, we're going to get a we lot of break down the telltale. From, I don't part. know if we're going to get any tweets <laughs> from some Edgar Allan Poe Stan who's furious that we didn't get uh, the facts of his life. Correct. <laughs> We're going to get, like, fan cams. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up uh, we have the Buffalo Bills. The uh, Bills name was suggested as part of a fan contest in 1947. Um, they were originally named the Buffalo Bison in the All-American Football Conference. The Bills nickname referenced Frontiersman Buffalo Bill Cody and was selected over the Bullets, the Nichols, and the Blue Devils. The Nichols, the Buffalo Nichols. Hmm. I wonder if the the Bills are secretly concerned that, um, like, frontiersing the public opinion is going to go on that eventually, too. Yeah, I mean, that's possible because, yeah, frontiersmen basically were heading out west to conquer territories. Yeah, and, like, (laughs) fight indigenous people and, like, just take the whole thing over. So I wonder if how far public opinion is going to swing on that, where, like, that one is going to end up getting... But also, and also now, how pissed do you think they were when Buffalo Bill was, like, a serial killer in um, uh, (laughs) Silence of the Lambs? Lambs. Yeah. (laughs) And they see that, like, and then imagine you have to be like, no, 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 we're not the serial killer. We're, like, um, the serial killer from the last generation, (laughs) the Frontiersman serial killer. Imagine they embraced it, like a bunch of the fans are in robes and they like open it up and their junk is tucked while like goodbye horses is playing. Oh, God. <laughs> That's something that would happen at a Buffalo Bills tailgate, if we're being honest. <laughs> That's the image of like 30,000 people doing that fucking dance makes yeah. me laugh so fucking hard. Oh man! And uh, Buffalo <laughs> Buffalo Bullets would have they would have had to change that the Washington the Washington Wizards in, bat, in the NBA used to be the Washington Bullets, which actually uh, ironically is probably appropriate for Washington D.C., but not in the way they would like it to be. Yeah, no, it's more ironic than <laughs> yeah. appropriate. So next up is the Carolina Panthers. We got it was uh, the Panthers team president Mark Richardson, who was the son of the owner Jerry Richardson. 
Chose Panthers because, here's the quote from him, it's a name our family thought signifies what we thought to be, uh, what the team should be, powerful, sleek, and strong. Um... (laughs) Yeah, this one was basically just he's like, well, why'd you name him the Panthers? He's like, Panthers are cool as fuck. Get off. Yeah, that's pretty match. much it. <laughs> they but, featured, the, but the the uh, subheading under this is crazy because the NFL didn't want them to have black in their jerseys because they thought it would uh, attract gang members. Yeah, they thought it would reflect poorly on the league. This whole franchise is they just took down Jerry Richardson's statue outside of the stadium because before he was the owner of the Panthers, he owned like Carl's Jr. and Hardee's. And Denny's also. And then there was, like, stories of racial discrimination where, like, they would make black families pay before the meal because they didn't trust them. Like, a whole bunch of crazy shit. And, uh... Wait, hang on. At Carl's Jr.? Have you ever paid after your meal at McDonald's? (laughs) How does that work? (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know if it was... I think it was Denny's that they were doing. Like, sit-down restaurants. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, either way, Jerry Richardson had like, he was the one who said, um, I think, um, was it him that said, he had said something like plantation or like, he said something that was like really had serious racial undertones and he's just got a history of like, he was being found guilty of racial discrimination in private business. And so, yeah, when I was like reading that and they were like, the NFL doesn't want them to reflect street gangs. I'm like, this is just an all white boys club. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, that, that, that quote aged terribly. I'm sure it wasn't great when it was said in 93. And, like, looking yeah. back on it now, it's like, that's that's yeah. pretty rough, guys. But up next, uh, the Chicago Bears, another one of the oldest NFL franchises. In 1921, they were the Decatur Staley's. Uh, Decatur, small town in Illinois, and a Staley. Who knows what the fuck that is? Oh, it's no, it says it. It's, it's a reference to the Staley Starch Company. Yeah, I think early on there was... Um, like, I, there was a video on YouTube I saw that went over, like, early, early um, NFL, like, team names and stuff. And they were all, like, Decatur, Anderson. They were, like, super small town in the Midwest. That's where football was taking place. And they would name them after, like, it... a local company, like the Staley Starch Company. Mm-hmm. I think there's some level of that that still exists. I mean, there's no football stadiums in, like, the middle of a metropolitan city. So, like... It yeah. could easily be like the East Rutherford Jets still if people wanted to get technical about it. Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, for when other sports were always doing major cities, the NFL specifically picked towns that if you look back on, like, 1924 NFL teams, half the cities you may not even recognize or have never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, and, so uh, George, George Hallis buys the team, decided to change the name to the Bears because they were playing their games at Wrigley Field – and they uh, mm-hmm. were the home of the Cubs, and he wanted to have the same theme. So instead of Cubs, they were Bears. Yeah, because, you know, they play, They were the big, tough Bears. It makes tons of sense to me. That's like one of the ones that said that was like the easiest one in Chicago. Yeah. Completely went the other way. Like Bulls and Blackhawks. Mm. Yeah. I wish they had kept some kind of bear theme that would yeah. be cool <laughs> it is fun as we get through you'll see some are like we held a name the team contest the other one is like specific to the city the other one is we just thought panthers sounded cool there's all different reasons that it's fascinating some of these well we're getting into the the two most like convoluted and crazy ones because both the ones in ohio are strange yeah so cincinnati bengals uh head coach paul brown named the team the bengals in 1968 in honor of uh 
what he um, picked a nickname Cincinnati's AFL expansion team because there was a football team named the Bengals that played in the city in the 1930s and early 40s. And according to Paul Brown, the nickname would l- provide a link with the professional football past in Cincinnati. And uh, he chose Bengals over the fans' most popular suggestion, which was Buckeyes, which is already the Ohio State team name. Which is so lame. Those people love Ohio State so much that they're just like, <laughs> let them be Buckeyes for life, man. Buckeye to Buckeye it's, forever. It is just insane. Like, yeah. People who are loyal to their college sports team. Uh, like a, a little over a year ago, I was on a cruise to um, the uh, Caribbean. We stopped in St. Martin, and on St. Martin, there was an Ohio State Buckeyes-themed bar because the guy who lived there just grew up in Ohio. Yeah, no, Big Ten and SEC, if you go to one of those schools, there's, there's there must be, like, on day one, they, like, clockwork orange you until you're just addicted to their football team. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's really crazy. Yeah, some My of them will thing, have, yeah, some of them will have, like, a split. Like, if someone's from Alabama, they may be Auburn or they may be Alabama, but those, like, that's all they know. I have a, I had a friend, well, he's like my best friend growing up. His older brother went to Penn State, and when we were in like eighth grade, we got driven out to watch Penn State's whiteout game against Michigan State. We like got all in white. We got to stay in the student section. It was so fucking cool. But yeah. then this kid, six years later, goes to Michigan State, and he's like the biggest fan of theirs now. And I love reminding him. I was like, you remember that time we went out to Penn State and you were standing there like, fuck Michigan State for like six hours? <laughs> he like hates right. it so bad. All right, so now we get to the Cleveland Browns. Now, I had always heard it was named after their first coach and general manager, Paul Brown, and that was where they got the name Browns. But this article says that it might have also been boxer Joe Lewis, whose nickname was the Brown Bomber. Um, Yeah, And, and there was a fan contest, too. Yeah, and according to one version of the story, Paul Brown vetoed the name and wanted to be Panthers. Uh, instead, but a local businessman informed the team he owned the rights to name the Cleveland Panthers, and Brown ultimately agreed to use the, his name, and the Brown stuck. It's one of the weirdest names in the four sports, for sure, and it's one of those ones where, like, you hear it, and it's like, of all the names that you'd assume to be outwardly offensive, it's like, no, this one, this has nothing to do with anything. It's like yeah. somebody's <laughs> name. It's it's like, this, this could so easily be bad, but it's yeah. not. It's just, yeah. it's, it's actually one of the, yeah. like, it's literally just the guy's least... last name was Brown, or it was the nickname, the Brown Bomber, but actually, that might have been racist, calling the Black Boxer the Brown Bomber. I, I may, yeah, eh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you never want to dig too far in the 40s, yeah. 30s. That was also in the 40s and 30s. <laughs> they had such incredible foresight that in the future in America, there'd be a lot more Brown Bombers. <laughs> not not in America. <laughs> oh um, man. Uh, moving, on that guess, note, moving on. let's Go, move on to on the to Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, began playing in NFL uh, in the 1960s. They were originally going to be named the Steers. Uh, the team's general manager decided that having a castrated <laughs> bovine as a mascot would subject the team to ridicule. So he decided to go with the Rangers instead. But, fearing that people would confuse them with a local minor league baseball team. This is before the Texas Rangers. Minor league baseball team was named the Rangers. They decided to land on Cowboys. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the most Texas story you'll ever hear. We can't be it's the so- Steers. We don't want people to think we're fucking bitches. We like, we like the cow thing, but it all, we, we also, you know, need everyone to know we have dicks. So what, what do we do here? <laughs> Cowboys. 
Cowboys. We did. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> they literally got one. named in like a no homo moment. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is definitely the no homo of football team names. <laughs> this is so so funny. Yeah. Oh, they're America's team. Next, next up we have the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I'm proud of my team for that. We don't want people America's to think. Team. Yeah, we like we like we want people to know we're into cows. We also want them to know we got big balls. <laughs> how do we how do we convey this message concisely yeah. in one word? <laughs> yeah, uh, we like cows and we like balls. <laughs> they, I wonder if there was like a middle ground where they're like, no, we can't be the steers. Like, let's be like the big dicked cows, and they're like, well, the big dick cows. <laughs> <laughs> the big dick there cowboys. Has- there you go. There has to be a better way to say that, man. And they're like kind of narrowed it down. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver was a charter member of the AFL, and Broncos uh, was submitted along with a 25 word essay. That's not a fucking essay. 25 words? <laughs> <laughs> this guy wrote this like 12 page novel. Yeah, yeah 25 like word essay. If I wrote an essay that was 25 words in school, I would have failed whatever I was submitting that essay for. That's like uh, a tweet. Yeah. It's less <laughs> less than a tweet. How do you I Anyway, Ward, Ward M Vining was the winning entry among 162 fans who responded in a name the team contest. That's not a lot. You're starting a yeah, new franchise, like, 160 people are all the care. Yeah, but, uh, wait, oh, never mind. I thought it said it was from 21, it's from 1960. But either way, out there, that might have been, like, two-thirds of the town at the time. Like, Maybe, yeah. Well, yeah, there. in 1921, it was a Denver team by the same name played in the Midwest Baseball League as the Denver Broncos. So, yeah, Which that's, like, the I don't know about. With, yeah, the talk for a lot of teams, um, like, they were saying the Cleveland Indians, if they changed the name, maybe go back to the Cleveland Spiders, that was the old team name. A lot of times the new team, they'll look at, what was a team that no longer exists here that played by this name? Um, I think mm-hmm. we have a couple in the NFL that we'll get to that are kind of like that, but up next we have the Detroit Lions, uh, and that was in uh, 1934. Radio executive George Richards moved. It was the Portsmouth Spartans. See, that's what I mean when I'm talking about a town. That, the Portsmouth. Yeah. I don't know where. Is that? I think that's in Michigan, Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it has something to do with, like, the. it must be, like, near one of the lakes or something. Probably. He moved them and renamed them the Lions in 1934. Nickname was likely derived from their baseball team, who were the Tigers, and they wanted to stick with the cat theme. Um, as the team explained it at the time, the lion is the monarch of the jungle, and we hope to be the monarch of the league. And in 19, the 1930s, the Tigers were a powerhouse in Major League Baseball, so they wanted to kind of piggyback off that. And the Lions were a powerhouse football team in, like, the 40s and 50s, and uh, unfortunately, we just didn't start thinking about championship NFL teams until the Super Bowl era, so all we ever know is that the Lions have been horrible forever. <laughs> Yeah, the, they, they've achieved no success in our lifetimes, that's for sure. Yeah. Then um, we have another yeah. another one of the oldest I, NFL I always, teams. I would have assumed it was something Wizard of Ozzy. I always thought it was like this whole Lions and Tigers and if they could get a Bears in yeah, there somewhere. Yeah, for Detroit to have a Bears. Yeah. They, uh, they have Pistons and Red Wings. They need uh, – maybe if they had an XFL team, they could be the Bears. <laughs> Yeah, I think Chicago just beat them to it. I think that there would have been a conversation about naming. Oh, yeah. Although the Red Wings are really old. The Red Wings have been around for quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, the Red so. Wings have been around. For, and the Pistons have also been around. They're one of the oldest NBA teams, back to like the 50s and maybe 40s even. 
And out of all of them, that's the one that makes the most sense. Detroit's the Motor City. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was actually named after... They actually didn't start in Detroit, though. Oh, really? I mean, we'll do a little... Te- I know this one, and we'll end up... Uh, if we do an NBA team, we'll yeah. get to it. No, I mean, we got, we'll, we'll do we, a little We got enough of these right to now. get we through. Do yeah. Um, they were the four, they were in Fort Wayne before, but yeah, we'll see. If we do a full episode, we'll get more into that. Uh, up next, one of the oldest teams, uh, in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they were founded by Curly Lambeau. Uh, his employer was the, at the time, he was working for the Indian Packing Company. (laughs) That was close. They're going to have to change that. They might, they were close to, they were close to being the Indians there. (laughs) Yeah, no, they dodged a huge bullet. They, they are, they're the only ones who still have their like. We're named after a local business name. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, the Pistons are too. Uh, yeah, once again, we'll get to that when we do the NBA. The Indian Packing Company became the Acme Pack Packing Company and later folded, but the nickname stuck. Um, but yeah, they um, dodged a bullet by going with packing the packing part of the team, the uh, company name, and not the Indian part. So it's the green and also. What does Indian Packing Company mean? Was there an Indian owner of a company in America? I find that hard to believe. No, I think it was. I, I think it's the same reason Cleveland has it. I think they were trying to like. I bet at that point they were like, "We're paying tribute to the people that you, like." They thought they were being like, or maybe they were actually derogatory Indians because that's how they like got them out of the areas they wanted to dominate. I don't know. An Acme Packing Company just m- makes me think of like. Wally Coyote getting shoved in a box or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, up next, we have um, the Houston Texans, which I guess if we're going to say the Baltimore Americans, which is a lame name, Houston Texans kind of is too. Although Texas has this weird thing where they're basically their own state, or they think they yeah, are. Yeah, they, uh, they almost were their own country at one point. Yeah, they wanted to be. Uh, but yeah, there yeah. was a Dallas Texans in the Arena Football League in uh, the early 90s. And uh, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones revived the Dallas Texans. He was planning on keeping the old nickname. Ultimately, we named them the Desperados. Um, that was the Arena Football League team. Later, Houston owner Bob McNair chose Texans over Apollos and Stallions. I, I think I like Stallions more, but then it's like the same thing as Broncos. And that, you know, I don't know if you want to do. Although there's multiple yeah. birds, so you can have multiple horses. Mm. Yeah, and the and the Houston baseball team stole the good space one. Yeah, true. Yeah, the so Astros. Apollo is. Yeah, it's, Apollos. It's to, yeah, if you had Apollos, it would only ever be the worst version of the Astros, as far as team names go. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, the Indianapolis Colts. Another horse-themed one here, um, but it's uh, and also there was the Houston Astros were the Houston Colt Forty Fives back in the day, but. That's more gun-related than horse-related. The Baltimore, uh, Indianapolis Colts were originally the Baltimore Colts, um, and they had a pretty good history. That was Johnny Unitas was a Baltimore Colt. Uh, mm-hmm. I learned, and I learned from watching uh, when the NFL did their top 100 players, Bill Belichick was on there. He grew up in Baltimore, a huge Baltimore Colts fan. Yeah, and, um, and anytime something's named after horses, it's like, oh, it's because horses were integral to society forming. Yeah, and not just that. Yeah, a lot of our in general, and uh, in Baltimore, <laughs> there was a region. The region uh, had a history of horse breeding, and when they moved to Indianapolis, they kept the team name. That happens a lot more when we get to the NBA. We'll do that. Teams keeping the name, even though it has nothing to do with the new city they moved to. See Utah Jazz. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a Los couple Angeles, famous ones. Los Angeles Lakers. Um, 
But yeah, so they Baltimore Colts were the Colts because of uh, the history of horse breeding in Baltimore. Nothing to do with Indianapolis. Although there was a point in time where I'm sure people in Indiana rode horses too. Yeah, yeah, I bet the, when they first got there, that's, that's yeah. probably how they, 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 they yeah. got there. And up next, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars, another fairly new team, came to existence in the '90s, and they uh, had a name the fan contest, and they picked the name four years before the team would begin play. Other team names considered were the Sharks and the Stingrays. Um, Stingrays only now sounds lame because we already have the Devil Rays and then the Rays. But back then, Jacksonville Stingrays wouldn't have been that bad. And the Sharks is cool. I don't know. I don't feel like Stingrays gained their clout as dangerous until Steve Irwin. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're, yeah right now they're a lot more threatening. Yeah, they, 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 they have a pretty big resume piece in terms of being dangerous. Yeah, I think uh, they, and, they chose the right name with the Jaguars here. The alliteration, Jacksonville Jaguars, I think that was a smart choice. Yeah, Jacksonville Sharks doesn't fall off the tongue, right? Yeah. Uh, next up, the Kansas City Chiefs, who we'll see if they end up having to change their name also. It's not as egregious as Redskins or Indians, but they've done the uh, tomahawk chop in the crowd there. And the arrowhead is for, like, Native Americans shooting bow and arrow. But they were originally the Dallas Texans in the AFL. They moved to Kansas City in the 1960s. That w- They had to change that name. They couldn't have been the Kansas City Texans. That would have been a little too much. We talked about this one uh, a couple months ago, though, because I had found out that the Chiefs weren't named after, like, Native Americans as much as they were. The mayor's nickname was Chief, and he ran, like, a fake Boy Scouts organization Yeah. Called, like, the young chiefs or something exactly it was just named after uh the mayor whose nickname was chief and they chose the name over the mules that's a bad one the kansas city mules the kansas city stars i like the kansas city stars especially that was before the dallas stars existed uh the kansas city royals which is a good name but it's also the baseball team's name but at that time teams were doing that the advantage of, of pitching the stars is like your logo work is pretty much done. You, 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 there's only so many options. Yeah, well, also, <laughs> and I think the Cowboys may have had that already as the star yeah, on their logo so it's, it's at tough. this point. <laughs> now we have the Los Angeles Chargers, um, and this is a team owner had to name the team contest, and he promised a trip to Mexico City for the winner. And uh, Chargers was submitted... And uh, apparently the owner at the time loved the name so much, he didn't even open another suggestion. He just heard Chargers, and he liked it. He chose Chargers with the franchise. Uh, They spent one year in Los Angeles, then moved to San Diego, before a couple years ago moving back to Los Angeles. The end of this is hilarious. He like yeah. it was his favorite because he loved the bugle thing that they would do at the Los Angeles Coliseum. They're like bah, 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 charge what because they said charge <laughs> at the end of the bugle horn at the Los Angeles Coliseum. He was like, "Fuck yes, we're the Chargers." I got him so hyped. He's just like, yeah. "What the fuck, trumpets?" <laughs> That's so fucking funny. A lot of these a lot of these owners are basically just like kids who get attached to the shiny object. Like, duh, I like the sound charge. I'm gonna name my team the Chargers. Yeah. Uh I, we could get yeah. yeah, now we're at we the Rams. Los Angeles Rams originated in Cleveland, uh, and then they went to move to St. Louis and then move well, they were in Los Angeles, then moved to St. Louis, then back to Los Angeles. Team traces their name into the college ranks, their owner 
And general manager chose the name because his favorite football team had always been the Fordham Rams, which is where Vince Lombardi went to college. And I've worked security at Fordham football games. They are far from a powerhouse football team nowadays. No, no. I didn't. I, what conference are they even in? Uh, the A-10 in the in college basketball. In college football, I'm not sure because it's Division one double oh, A. Double A. So, oh, so I don't they probably know. played where I went to school. I bet yeah. Maris played them at some point. Maybe, yeah. I don't know those conferences. I know they're in the A ten in basketball, I believe. Do you think um, it's the same Wetzel from the Pretzels? From what? The owner's name is Damon Wetzel. Do you think he also owns the Pretzels? Wetzel's oh maybe Pretzels I don't, from the mall. I don't know. <laughs> maybe the anti man's big competitor. The, he well he was the general manager. The owner owner's name was Homer Marshman. That's a weird fuck. Homer Marshman. You, I, Homer Simpson, I think, ended the name Homer. It's kind of an old school name in its yeah, own right. Well, the, I don't the know Yankees, too many The Yankees else. had a second baseman named Homer Bush. And there was Homer Bailey on the Reds for a little while. But, yeah. But for the most part, the name has been retired. You don't see too many Homers born post-1989. That's true. Yeah. All right. So up next, we have the Miami Dolphins. It was another name the team contest. 20,000 entries uh, really puts the 162 the Denver Broncos got to shame. Uh, <laughs> they were uh, Marjorie Swanson's the name of the woman who was declared the winner. She declared the winner after correctly predicting a tie uh, in the 1965 college football game between Miami and Notre Dame as part of a follow-up contest. She named the team the Dolphins and then predicted the score of a football game correctly, so she was declared the winner. Um... She said she told reporters she consulted a magic eight ball before predicting the score of the game. This is very Florida. Um, Miami owner Joe Robbie liked the name the Dolphins. As he put it, the Dolphins are one of the fastest and smartest creatures in the sea. They also rape a lot. That wasn't his quote. That's my addition. Dolphins are known for raping. And uh, if the Miami Dolphins a, football uh... team is not known for do- getting what they want. <laughs> no. No, they're no. They got they got the undefeated uh, season. There's a yeah, new movie 40, on Netflix. Yeah, forty years ago, but okay. There, there's a new movie on Netflix where Nassim Pedrod from SNL gets sexually assaulted by a dolphin. Oh wow! I, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Miami <laughs> Dolphins also. The <laughs> yeah, there is a contingent of uh, people who grew up around the time that we did that are, or maybe me a little more than you, who are. I'm a few years older than you, who are Miami Dolphin fans just because of the first Ace Ventura movie. Mm. You know, I, I'm strange with the Ace Ventura movies because I was shown the second one first and not told that it was like a sequel. So it's yeah. like... There's... No, I'm, I'm the same way. I think I saw the second one before the first one, but I was excited. Like, oh my God, there was a first one and I love them both. Yeah, no, I had that sort of same thing. But the first one is just like a much tighter, like well-done screenplay, even though the entirety of the movie is based around that guy having a, um, or being a trans is gross or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, that um, didn't age great, but. Yeah. As far as um, when people, when people complain about PC-ness in movies, uh, about, uh, oh my God, Halle Berry might play a trans woman. It's like, I grew up with a movie where a man literally burned his clothes because he accidentally kissed a woman who was a man. Yeah. I think that, I mean, we're off topic a little bit, but I think out of the two movies, my favorite part of either of them is the, the rhino where he has to, like, come yes. out of the back of the... <laughs> That's what I was going to say as far as when you said the first one is, like, a tighter film. 
Maybe, but when I was 10 years old, all I knew was the second one had him crawling out of the ass of a rhinoceros. The second one is the second one is such a goofy, funny, like, I like that movie a lot. When we first got TiVo in, like, 2002, that was one of, like, three movies I had recorded off of, like, TBS, and I watched it, like, a thousand times because it was just there all the time. Yeah. And so I've, I've definitely seen that tons nice. and tons of times. I, I, if I was to sit down and watch one right now, I think I'd put the second one on. Yeah, I think so, too. I still love them both. But anyway, up next, we have the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, nickname was submitted to the board of directors because it, quote, it represented both an aggressive person with the will to win and the Nordic tradition of the northern Midwest. So we go from dolphins to Vikings. We're on a little bit of a trend here with uh, names of rapists. Yeah, pillagey. Pillagey Pil- section Very pillagey, yeah. <laughs> Um, the name. That, first, it's it's the a good first, thing he didn't say that in the quote, though. Like he's like, and it was also the, the first, like, oh, because we're gonna go to other cities, kill them all. Yeah, they were the first <laughs> pro sports team to feature its home state rather than city in its name, Minnesota, instead of Minneapolis. Oh, that's an interesting little. Yeah. Fun Up fact. next, New England Patriots, who I think are maybe the only team in sport where they're named after the region, as opposed like as opposed to a city or a state. I was just um, gonna say they, they used to be the Boston Patriots, though. Yeah, there was a name the team contest, and uh, they went with Patriots, the original AFL franchise. Uh, for the it was originally the Boston Patriots. Pat Patriot was the cartoon of a Minuteman preparing to snap a football. Was drawn by an artist in the Boston Globe. Was chosen as the logo, and uh, they ended up moving from Boston to change. Not moving, changing from Boston to New England. But yeah, it was just named the fan contest the Patriots, and that works for Boston. I feel they got a long history of that. Although, then yeah, same thing. It's one of those teams that has just been around forever. But if now someone was going to name a team the Patriots, you'd be like, that's fucking weird. Well, now it'd be like kind of charged. It'd be like very a politically charged thing to yeah. do. Yeah, if it you were going to be a Patriot now, it'd be like we're Patriots because we don't kneel for the national anthem. Yeah, their flag is just three bullets like their kicker has on his Yeah. Arm. <laughs> and speaking of not kneeling for the National Anthem, Drew Brees' team, the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees walked back those comments, but we'll still meant bring the, they're still gonna we're still gonna make fun of him for it. Uh New yeah, Orleans Drew, was awarded an NFL franchise on All Saints Day in nineteen sixty six. The nickname was so popular, uh it was in the name of the team contest. Uh, sponsored by the New Orleans State's item, uh, and they announced uh, they d- did the name contest, and uh, was it was chosen by the team owner. It was a nod to the city's jazz heritage, and taken from the popular song "When the Saints Go Marching In." <laughs> Drew, Drew Brees. I had this written down. Actually, we didn't get to it in the earlier thing, but Drew Brees joined a, an exclusive club this week. Yeah. Uh, other members include the musician Moby or the rapper Jadakiss getting dissed by Eminem. <laughs> Real? Oh, yeah, I, I vaguely heard about this. Yeah, in Eminem and Kid Cudi's new song, there's a part where he just says, fuck Drew Brees. Like, it's not even like a He joke. doesn't even go into any detail why. <laughs> well, he's talking about every, it's like he's talking about current events, and he just tosses in, yeah. fuck Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, How do you recover I, from I think Brees did as good of a walk back and come back from bad comments as you can, but some people, are, Eminem's still going to say, fuck you. <laughs> Well, well, I can't. I I can't imagine what it'd be like to be Nick Cannon right now because Nick Cannon's yeah. crazy yeah, shit. Yeah, Eminem that. does not like him. Yeah, Eminem does not like him already. So he's yeah, in trouble. True. Nick Eminem's coming <laughs> for you, Nick Cannon. Watch out. But Nick Cannon will be fine. He's got that melanin. 
Yeah, it makes him love people more deeply. It, make, it yeah. makes it makes. Right, up next, moron. up next, the New York Giants uh, team owner picked uh, the Giants from the uh, baseball team, the New York Giants at the time, and the New York Giants and baseball ended up moving to San Francisco, and now there's just two Giants in different sports and. Most people look at the New York Giants football team as the New York Giants, but there was an original New York Giants before them that they got their name from. Yep, and it says that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, at the time that was the uh, same thing. The, uh, yeah, there's been other teams who uh, have just picked the name of the baseball team or another more popular pro sports team. Uh, but up next we have the New York Jets, who were originally the New York Titans, uh, and then they were renamed the Jets after uh, Sonny Werblin led an investment group to buy the franchise. According to a New York Times story, the franchise considered calling itself the Dodgers, but Major League Baseball didn't like it. Um, I can't imagine why they would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Gothams were... Cons- well, because this was also just after the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers had moved to L.A. So they were going to be, oh, it'll be the mm. new New York Dodgers. They were like, nope, MLB didn't like it. They were talking yeah. about the and then Gothams. They take a page, they, like the Metropolitans. Yeah, true. Um, and there was, uh, uh, and the I, th- my favorite part of that is uh, they said that they didn't want it to shorten to the goths because, quote, they're not such nice people. <laughs> I love that. Goths are not nice people, so we can't have the Which, Gothams. It, and there, was a, there was a certain point in my life I never, like, would have, like, been wearing makeup and stuff, but I used to wear a lot of black and listen to a lot of that kind of music. So yeah. I don't know that I'd be a Giants fan if there was the New York Gods yeah. to go for. And the last finalist uh, was the New York Burroughs, B-O-R-R-O-S. It was supposed to be a pun on the fact that the city has multiple boroughs, but they feared that opposing fans would make the connection from boroughs to boroughs. Uh, which is Spanish for donkey, and they would start calling the team the jackasses. <laughs> and then after all of this, they get named after LaGuardia Airport. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> after all of that. Yeah. On it, like, I, at the time was, no, I guess 1963, it wouldn't have been called JFK yet, because the New York yeah. Kennedys wouldn't, doesn't sound terrible, but. Yeah. That would also be pretty political. I don't know. Yeah, but if they were the Kennedys, they would always lose to the Buffalo Bullets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anytime, think, a, anytime the Kennedys beat the Bullets, it's a big upset. Yeah. The, it's historically, that matchup has gone one way. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and the Kennedys really didn't do great with Jets either, so. Oh, that's fair too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very good point. Oh, man. Um, oh man! So uh, up next Raiders. we have move, the move. Oakland Raiders. <laughs> I love the name. The first general manager, his name was Chet Soda. That's an amazing name, Chet Soda. Um, that sponsored sounds so name, made up. It's yes. uh... sponsored name the team contest. Uh, Senors uh, was the winning entry, and Oakland policewoman submitted the winning entry. Senors, the Oakland Senors. Uh, the nickname was an allusion to the Spanish settlers of Northern California. I don't know how that would. Uh, look in today's PC world a little bit later. The t- a football team was named the Senors. Um, but then... Uh, what? I'm, I've read ahead a little bit. The, yeah. the next thing you were going to say. Uh, yeah, a sports writer who would later became the team's general manager provided a, a reason to abandon that. And he said, 
that's no, the quote is that's no good. We don't live. We don't have the accent mark for the N in our headline type at the newspaper, so they wouldn't be able to type <laughs> "senors" in articles. Which is like, just get it. Just get one. How hard could it be? You got the other twenty six letters and <laughs> name numbers and symbols and whatever. And like, how so hard could yeah, that have been? they decided to go with Raiders, which was a finalist in the contest, along with the Lakers. Which I guess there's more lakes in Oakland than Los Angeles, so that makes a little more sense yeah. to the Los Angeles Lakers. Northern oh. California. Yeah. It, it would make no sense with where they're going now, though. Can you imagine being the Las Vegas Lakers? You're in the middle of the goddamn desert. Yeah. That's... The Lakers. Yeah. Raiders, Raiders is a solid name. I'm glad they ended up landing on That's so funny. They couldn't be the seniors because they didn't have the accent mark on the keyboard. <laughs> so, so funny. Right. Up next, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the owners uh, renamed the team. They were um, bought. There was a team, the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. The team was bought and renamed the Eagles as the symbol of the National Recovery Act that was part of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. Oh, political. Yeah. Uh, up next, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the team shared the team uh, the same name as the city's baseball team. They were the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 30s. And then Art Rooney bought the team and held a Name the Team competition. And uh, Pittsburgh had it won in the last seven years. They were like, fuck it, let's change the name. Maybe that'll help. Uh, a person who worked for a mill in Pittsburgh, uh, the mill that was called Pittsburgh Steel, one of the several fans suggested Steelers, and he was uh, the guy suggested got a pair of season tickets, which he would renew every year until his death in 2003. So yeah, it's just Pittsburgh, been... Steel, Com- Steel City, Iron Nike. Blue collar town. It makes sense. So, so for seventy three years, this guy is sitting there telling everybody around him, like, "Oh, you know, I named the team." Like, yeah, he must have been Anybody else that must have gone to the games all the time? They're like, "Oh my god, man, we know you named the team." <laughs> what, yeah. what are you like? Congrats, man. Yeah. But, Up next, uh, the San Francisco Forty Niners. Uh, they were named. This is a, it was San Francisco, most California, one, probably eighteen forty nine Gold Rush. The Forty Niners. Not much to see here. Yep. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, there were more than 20,000 submitted in the Name the Team contest in 1975, including the Skippers, the Pioneers, the Lumberjacks, the Seagulls. Pioneers wouldn't have been bad. Um, only about 150 people suggested the Seahawks, and a minor league hockey team, a Seattle minor league hockey team, and Miami's franchise in the All-American Football Conference had both used the name Seahawks in the 50s. Uh, the quote from the general manager is, Our new name suggests aggressiveness, reflects our soaring Northwest heritage, and belongs to no other major league team. Um, yeah, I like the hmm. Seattle Seahawks as a name. I'm trying to, like, Seattle needs to come up with a new name for a team right now, and I'm sort of just trying to think about, like, what it, what is about Seattle? Like, they could be the Seattle Starbucks. They could the be Seattle the Space S- Needles. The Seattle Grunge. The well, Seattle so Sound there was, Gardens. There was a hockey, yeah. <laughs> There was a hockey team in the early 1900s in Seattle, the Seattle Metropolitans. I don't think... I guess... I mean, they are a metropolitan city, but I don't think people associate Seattle and the word metropolitan. And there was also a minor league Seattle hockey team, the Seattle Totems. So... I kind of like the Seattle Grunge. Seattle Grunge isn't bad. We'll see what they end up... Playing songs all the time. That'd be sweet. We'll see what they end up doing. Uh, Up next, the Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Uh, this was in the uh, 1975. 
It was another um, name the team, a panel of local sports writers and representatives, so not just a fan named the team, kind of submitted a bunch of names. And uh, Buccaneers was a popular choice as a nod to the pirates who raided Florida's coasts in the 17th century. A lot of rapists. A lot of rapists in the NFL. Not just on the field, but in the team names. No wonder their players are so bad with women. The the way that's worded makes me laugh so hard. They're like, "Hey, remember those guys that showed up and killed a bunch of us? And, like, yeah, raped all the women. Like, let's let's pay some tribute to yeah. those guys." <laughs> that's such a weird way that's phrased. Yeah. Up next, uh, the Tennessee Titans. I oh, yeah, the Houston. I love the Houston Oilers, but I have an affinity for. Uh, Pro sports teams that don't exist anymore. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I love the Houston Oilers, I think, are such a great team name. The uniforms. Uh, I, uh, and I was a big Texas Longhorns fan, so when I would go back and watch old YouTube videos of Earl Campbell playing for the Houston Oilers, there's, like, Earl Campbell's one of the fu- most fun guys to watch old highlights of. He's got his jersey getting torn off, and he's still running through three guys. <clears throat> Unbelievable. But they moved to Tennessee. Tennessee Titans. It was a statewide contest arena in the team. Titans was chosen over the Tornadoes, the Copperheads, South Stars, and Wranglers. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- Titans is as good as yeah. any. Wranglers would make people think of jeans now, probably. <clears throat> Tornadoes is not bad, but Tornado is more of a Midwest thing than a Tennessee thing. Yeah, and they're, they're de- like, I guess they're not not in the Midwest, but they definitely get associated with the South before they get associated with the Midwest. Yeah. And, uh, up and then next, uh, it's, it's like you Washington- planned it, the big grand finale. Yeah, the Washington <laughs> Redskins, uh, the reason we're all here, they uh, were, the, originally, George Preston Marshall changed the team's name from Braves to Redskins. I guess he thought, because Braves is like actually complimentary. The Braves were like the name of the tribes that fought. I guess he was like too complimentary. We don't like these people. We got a name of the Redskins. And this is another one that was named after the baseball team of the time, the Boston Braves. Yeah, they uh, at the time. Um, yeah, they uh, was it the was it the Boston Redskins? No, they were the Boston Braves. Oh yeah, it was and the Boston they... Braves. They were named after that, and then they ended up going to Redskins. Uh, the nickname was meant to honor head coach and Native American William Henry Lone Star Dietz, though some question whether or not he was Native American. The Redskins kept the name when they moved to D.C. in 1937, and now they will be changing it. Yeah, to an undisclosed... It sounds like Snyder should have taken the offer from the fucking Washington Generals. It sounds like that would have been the cheapest way to change the name. He's going yeah. to take it for a ride. Apparently, yeah, because now they're in a... Uh dispute uh contract dispute but we'll see what happens uh this is fun going through these maybe over the next few weeks or as time goes on we'll go through the other sports but these are all like fascinating stories yeah that was a lot of fun yeah awesome so um i guess yeah that's all we have for this week uh we'll see um if we do another sport next week or see what happens we're only a couple weeks away from sports starting yeah yeah we'll we'll see (laughs) well allegedly allegedly Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Who's On First Pod One. Uh, we will see you next week. See you guys. <laughs>